All right, guys, I don't know how you answered this question. As I was thinking through this question personally, and I don't know what kind of dad you had, I was extremely blessed to have a father that uh, loves the Lord and as a pastor. But before he went into ministry, um, he was an electrician, and he was electrocuted in 1990. At that point in his life, he was not living for the Lord. I was five years old, and uh, he was replacing a power line that went to the plant that he worked at. And uh, the city was supposed to turn the power off to the plant, and they did not. And so it blew out holes in his arms. It blew out the palm of his hand. It blew out a disc out his back. And for the next few months, well, for a couple days, he was in a coma. And then for the next few months, they said he would never walk or talk again. The Lord brought him out of that. And over the next couple years, I saw the Lord get a hold of my dad's life. And even as a young boy, I knew something had changed. And every morning from the time I was six to when I went to college at 18, every morning without fail, I could go downstairs early and I could find my father doing his exercises on the floor and reading the word and praying. He would do his exercises, some push-ups and stuff to help with his back, and he would just pray out loud. He would be praying scripture over our home. He would be praying for us before our days even got started. And then he would sit in his chair and he would just read God's word. And he kept a journal all those years. And to this day, usually four, five, six times a year, I get a text from him that says, hey, in 1998, this was the decision you were faced with, and here's where God directed you because it's how he had been praying. That's a disciplined man. I'd love to tell you I get up early and do all of those things, and I don't, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm working towards those things, but that's what I kind of have in my mind when I think about a disciplined man. And so what we'll do over these next few weeks together is we're just going to talk about what it looks like to be a disciplined man. What are some disciplines we can instill in our lives? And then what are some disciplines we already have that maybe we may be able to take those to the next step? And so I just thought a great place for us to start tonight is one of my favorite passages. It's, it's just become very dear to me, and it's going to be in 1 Kings chapter 2. We're going to look at the first four verses over the next just couple minutes, and then we're going to turn it back to a table discussion. I had the opportunity about a month ago to take my 11-year-old son, who is going into middle school, on a guy's trip to St. Louis. Now, I'm a Red Sox fan. He's a Cardinals fan. We had to go to a Cardinals game, and Brian and I wore a Cardinals shirt. It was, it was hard. It was difficult, but I made it through, okay? But I gave him this pocket knife while we were there, and on it was inscribed this reference. And we talked about that. Because I want to set this up before we read it, and I want you to get this picture. King David is on his deathbed. He's getting ready to die. Now, sources tell us that King David died around the age of 70, so he had lived a good life. And those of you that read God's word know he had lived an interesting life. Because God said he's a man after his own heart, but when I read about David, I read some pretty crazy things. Like being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and falling into his the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and then lying about it and then having someone killed. All of those things are wrapped up in who David was, yet in Psalm 51, David repents of all those things and he comes back to the Lord. Now he's on his deathbed. Can you imagine? David is on his deathbed and he calls for Solomon, his son. Solomon's getting ready to be king. And can you imagine what would be going through your mind if you were laying on your deathbed and you called for your son? What are some things that you may say to him? I want you to listen to what King David said. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. 
As David's time to die drew near, he charged Solomon, his son, saying, now I, I like to picture it like this. David is in a nice bed and he's got a blanket over him. He's got a little frail. And he's called for Solomon. And I, I kind of picture him pulling Solomon close to him. I don't think this is something he yelled across the room at him. I think this was a very intimate setting. And David says to him in verse 2, I'm going the way of all the earth. Now, I want you to catch this. He gives him three things. Notice what he says. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn, so that the Lord may carry out his promise which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons are careful of their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul. You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Notice David pulls Solomon close and he gives him three different things. And I, I want you to write these down. Number one, he tells him, be strong. Notice what he says right there. He says, I'm going the way of all the earth. Be strong. Now, we're talking about being a man. And I know that Typically, when we talk about being a man, have you ever heard somebody say, he's a man's man? They're typically talking about something physical. They're either talking about the way he's built or the way he works out or the type of job he has. You know, he's a farm guy. He's a blue-collar worker. He's strong. He's stout. And they're typically always talking about the physical aspect of the person. But I don't think in the Hebrew word here, strong, that's exactly what he was meaning. I don't think he was talking about, now, Solomon, I need you to go to the gym every morning at 5 a.m. Now, very well, it may have been something that he wanted him to do, but I don't think that's what he was calling him to do. I think that word strong is usually paired with the word courageous. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. That strength is an inner spiritual strength that comes from walking with the Lord. It's a courageous strength. It's a strength to do what's right when no one else around you is doing what's right. It's a strength when the entire culture's moving one way, but when God says to go another, you go with God. That's the strength he's talking about. And you know what, guys? Typically, when we see a really godly man and he's not built, and maybe he is, but he's, he's not focused on getting bigger, and, and he's not maybe got a job where we would say he's a man's man. Typically, we would say, well, he's a godly man. We wouldn't say he's a man's man. I, I would like to submit to you, that's the man's man, because that's God's man. That's the guy that's walking with the Lord. He's not worried about the things of the world. He's focused in on the Lord. And David is pleading because, remember, David's thinking back to everything he's walked through. He slept with Bathsheba. She gets pregnant. He basically basically has her husband killed. He puts him at the front of the line. He gets killed in battle. He brings her back to himself. I mean, David really messed up. He's thinking back and he's saying, listen, you've got to be strong. When that temptation comes, you've got to fight against it. And you know what? That is countercultural to what we're involved in today because the culture's telling us everything else. The culture's telling you to do what feels right to do what feels good. Or I really like this one, Mike, just do what makes you feel happy. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I don't see that to be true. 
So he tells him first, be strong. Notice what he says at the end of verse 2. He says, be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. So he says, be strong, number one. Number two, he says, be a man. Be a man. You say, well, that's pretty simple, Derek. He, he is a man. Well, the way that I see it is a lot of kids are born male, but they never really step into manhood. Physically, they're a male. And they've got everything that it takes to be a man. But they either act like a child and stay as a child. Or they walk in their own ways. And they never really step into the man that God has called them to be. You know what David's calling him to do right here? He's saying to Solomon, listen, you're about to be king of all of this. And you better step into manhood. You better do what's right. You better walk with the Lord. When I think of a man, I think of Psalm 1. My favorite chapter in the entire Bible for years was Psalm 1. And let's look at the first two verses. It says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Do you see what kind of guy this is? This is not a guy that's messing around with the things of the world. This is a guy that's walking with the Lord. He's getting in his the word early in the morning. And he's not just thinking about it there. He's taking it with him to work. And he's thinking about it on the drive. And when the guys at the office are making those jokes that we shouldn't even be paying attention to, he's thinking about the word. And as he's driving home, he's thinking about the word. And as he's leading his family, he's thinking about the word. And as he goes to bed, he's thinking about the word because he's walking with the Lord. This is what David is calling Solomon to be. Be strong and be a man. The third thing, and I love this, that we see is he says, number three, obey God's commands. If you're just going to sum it up, in, in verse three, he says, keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. What does he tell him to do? He says, listen, Solomon, it's pretty simple. If God says to do it, do it. If God says don't do it, don't do it. I wonder if the men of Bellevue, if the men of Memphis would grab hold of this one concept and just say, I'm going to do what God tells me to do and I'm not going to do what he tells me not to do. Could we not see our families begin to change? Could we not see our relatives begin to change? Could we not see our jobs begin to change? Could we not see our city begin to change? Because this is what David is calling Solomon to do. He's calling him to obey God's commands. You know, it says in John 14, 21, Jesus said, he who, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. What's he saying? He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. David is telling Solomon, listen, bud, I didn't always do this. I didn't always follow God's commands, and I want to send you out to be strong, be a man, and obey God's commands. So what does all this have to do with spiritual disciplines? Well, this is what I would say to you before I put this on the screen. There are some promises in God's Word that He's going to do no matter what you do. For instance, when He put the rainbow in the sky... He made a promise, I will never flood the earth again. And I can say this to you. The world had gotten so bad, he flooded it. I would submit to you, we've gotten that bad again. Thank goodness for his promise. 
That's a promise no matter what you and I do or what the world does, he's going to keep, right? But there are some promises that are yours when you do something. You say, like what? Well, glad you asked. Romans chapter 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised his son from the dead, you will be saved. That's a promise from God. If you confess, pastor says it this way, if you repent, believe, and receive, you will be saved. You want the promise of salvation? Then this is what you have to do. And we can see some of these promises throughout Scripture. David is calling Solomon to follow his commands. This is what I would say to you as we talk over the next 10 weeks of spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are the fuel that drive a man's strength, manhood, and obedience. The spiritual disciplines, all of these things that David says to Solomon, be strong, be a man, obey God's commands. These things can be can have the foundation set in spiritual disciplines by reading God's word, by praying, by fasting, by following what God has called us to do as men. And so I want to challenge you over the next 10 weeks as we talk around these tables. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, right? So one man doth another. And I don't think my job is to stand up here and try to sharpen every single one of you. I think your job is to come in here hear a little bit of God's word, and then take it at that table and sharpen one another. So I'm going to throw two questions up on the screen, and you've got about 13 to 14, 15 minutes to answer these questions. This is going to be a discussion around your table. Number one, how do you see disciplines helping you be a better man? We're talking about reading God's word, praying, fasting, um, all of those things that we're going to talk about in the next 10 weeks. How do you see them helping you be a better man? Number two, what discipline would you like to begin or strengthen in your life this semester and why? So maybe you say, you know, I read a little bit of the Bible every day, but I really, I want to get real serious about it. I want to go deep into God's Word. I want to start really studying God's Word. Maybe you say, you know, I pray before my meals and usually right before I go to bed, but I want to take a little bit of time each day and I want to really dive deep into prayer and really spend some time with the Lord. 